Welcome to Females and Fine Fettle, from Wiped Out to Wealth. This is where conscientious women entrepreneurs and women living like a boss come to learn about balancing their personal and professional wellness with ease. If you have the enthusiasm, motivation, and grit to make it happen, then listen up every Monday. To be sure you don't miss an episode, sign up for weekly updates at femalesandfinefettle.com. The following discussion is for educational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. Please don't apply any of this information without first speaking with your doctor. Now, here are your hosts, Denise Pasquinelli and Dr. Michelle, your natural women's health advocates who blend the wisdom of ancient healing traditions and the science of functional medicine. Hey there, and welcome to episode 45. As you probably know, we interview a special guest every month, and this month I'm chatting with our very own Denise Pasquinelli. So Denise is a functional nutrition educator, a holistic health coach, a healthy cooking instructor, a plant-based chef, and Ayurveda enthusiast. Denise believes that food should be nourishing and eating a celebrated act. Her practice is called Seed Health and Wellness, and Seed is where she teaches, cooks, and offers personal and group support with improving digestion, shedding stubborn weight, supporting hormonal health and fertility, reducing pain and inflammation, and overcoming fatigue all through food and lifestyle adjustments. Denise takes a whole systems approach to healing, connecting the health of the body to the food that we eat, the cycles in our body, the relationships in our life, uh, the health of the environment, and also the health of our emotions. From an early age, Denise was fascinated by the role that emotional health has on the health of the physical body, the dynamic relationship between thoughts and feelings, and the manifestation or eradication of disease is illustrated via the chakra system in a really beautiful way. So working with the chakras has had a profound impact on Denise's personal health as well as the health of her clients. Viewing the food that we eat, the activities that we engage in, and the events in our lives through the lens of the chakras creates an energetic, sensual, colorful shift to perception. Denise works with groups and individuals to create a beautiful and holistic map to personal healing. She also creates online programs, workshops, and pop-up educational dinners. Hey, Denise, I'm so excited that we get to interview you today. (laughs) I know. (laughs) So, uh, you know, you've been on the show now for several weeks. I don't even know how many weeks exactly. I guess I could have looked that up, but... Um, I'm so excited to just introduce you to the audience so they can get to know you a whole lot better and um, look into what you're up to and what your future offerings are going to be. So um, why don't you go ahead and, uh, you know, tell our listeners a little bit about your background and how you came to be where you are today. Yeah, great. Well, I'm so happy to be on the podcast. Thank you, Dr. Michelle. Um. <laughs> Let's see. I guess, I mean, I think I've always had, well, first of all, I'm a functional nutritionist and a lifestyle practitioner. So um, I do one-on-one work with clients. I love having group offerings. I create educational dinners and cooking classes and that sort of thing. Um, I think I came to this work because I'm very interested in food. Uh, and I definitely see food as 
a way to have relationship with the earth and a connection to the earth. And I think that that has always been something that's really important to me, even from a very young age is feeling connected to the plants and the trees and the animals and the seasons. And, um, as I've been more curious about different healing modalities and especially, um, ancient sort of healing traditions, I see how important the different cycles and the environment is to, human health and vitality. And so I think that that's kind of planted the seed more or less for me to get involved in this work. But then my path has been a winding one. Um, some work as an artist. I've worked in the theater. Um, I have worked in technology as a designer. Um, I think the thing that is common among all of the different things that I've done is a sense of really wanting to get to the truth of something. So tell the, the right story in the most pure way or design a piece of software or an app that is actually getting to the root of somebody's problem or giving them the exact information that they need at the exact right time. Mm -hmm. And then similarly, as a practitioner, I hope that I can do that with my clients, help them to get at the root cause of what might be causing them discomfort or dis-ease. I love that. You're like a modern day, like Renaissance woman, <laughs> like, <laughs> like blending that. that like health and tech and art. And it's awesome. <laughs> mm, thank you. <laughs> um, anything else you wanted to add to that? Hmm. Well, I think lately I've been very interested in the connection between our emotions and our physical health. Um, partly because I think actually I've always had a little bit of an interest in that. I remember being probably a preteen reading books that my aunt had about emotional healing, um, and about curing your own diseases by dealing with childhood traumas, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. I, I just remember being really drawn to when I was younger and I think it's sort of resurfacing now and has for the past couple of years. Um, and I think the more, I think that that's being fueled a little bit by what we're learning about epigenetics and how, we can hold different traumas and even like different generations of traumas in our bodies. Um, that just makes a lot of sense to me. Mm -hmm, And I've also, yeah. And I feel like I've seen to some extent in myself, but also in people that I have worked with that when some of those emotions are allowed to be felt, like things that were stuffed for whatever reason, there is a lightning that happens. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's awesome. It kind of brings like a whole new light to the root cause. Like, totally. You know, so good. Yeah, I definitely am feeling like that emotional piece is almost always involved in some way in root cause. Totally. So I know that you do things a little bit different. You know, a lot of people have 
probably an idea of what a nutritionist does and you know but you're you do something quite a bit different so what what kind of drove you to want to be more of that entrepreneurial type woman yeah well I think that like many entrepreneurs and and maybe artists I really love to have an authority over my work. Um, So there's always been a part of me that wanted to take something like that on where I could really own every piece and part to some extent. Um, Plus, I like to see, I love systems and I think I see systems really easily. And so I love to put those things together and see the kind of effect they have or how they work for different people. Um, I'm just incredibly curious about human behavior and, and what are the things that help people to change and what are the things that help to address those root causes that we've been talking about. Um, I think that being really present with somebody and really giving space to allow someone to feel into what's happening for them or what they're experiencing in the moment or even how they're experiencing some of the things that they're trying on is really beneficial. Um, Just kind of being still with it, I guess. So I think there's like a big curiosity piece of like, what's going on? How can I gather enough data and the right data? And then a little bit of experimentation. And I love, you know, oftentimes clients are, are just as involved in that. I mean, that they're, they're the ones that are doing the experimenting and we're working together to try to see like what's working, what's not, um, And just being really playful and curious about it Mm -hmm. and reflective, taking the time to be reflective. And because I guess it's kind of squishy, all the things (laughs) that I'm describing, um, it is nice to to kind of have my own rules that I'm playing by to some extent. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And talking about that reflection and – like going into that deeper plane, I think having that or I guess allowing that space and giving that space to be present with your clients kind of brings that white space so that sometimes mm-hmm. things come up because as you know, we tend to go through our day-to-day stuff and kind of shove stuff away and mm-hmm. tuck it here and tuck it there. And so when you actually end up having that connection with someone in a therapeutic relationship where you get to really be present really be heard sometimes you finally get to that root cause a lot more effectively than you know any any other lab test or any other supplement can address so I love that totally well I also think that as a I mean in in many ways I think of myself as a creator Mm -hmm. a designer an artist and and I feel like I'm working with the the medium of health and nutrition and mindfulness practices and lifestyle techniques. But uh, with that, like with trying to figure out, okay, what's going to work for this one person? Or even if creating a larger program that might be served to a variety of people, 
I really love that whole process, that whole creation process Mm -hmm. of creating something new that's for a specific audience or a specific person. And I think part of that process includes ebbs and flow and dips and summits that feel awesome. So embracing all of those things is really exciting to me, or at least I've, I think somewhere along the line have learned (laughs) to um, enjoy the the harder bits, the more confusing parts. Um, And just see that as being an ingredient in creating something really rich with depth. Um, And I think thinking of everything as a process that is going to have ups and downs is really healing. It's really grounding Um, it's healing, I think for me as a creator, and I think it's healing for anyone who's creating anything in their lives. And we're really all creating all the time. Mm -hmm. Totally. You kind of answered the (laughs) the next question I was going to (laughs) ask, but I guess, you know, the question was, you know, how do you stay motivated when things don't really go as planned? And when you're playing by your own rules like that, like you said, we do constantly have those ups and downs and highs and lows and peaks and troughs. But I think like what you said, it's really about having that mindset of being like, you know, I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to take what I can from that. I'm going to modify and tweak and just kind of keep moving forward because I know what I'm doing is so impactful in a way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you want to add to that? (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. I think so. I think accepting that it is a circuitous and uh, ever-changing process really makes a huge difference. And I think in general, having a mindset uh, that things that are disappointing or losses in life or hiccups, um, those are all an opportunity for depth, Mm -hmm. learning something new, expanding. Um, I'm not really sure where this comes from, but I think it is cultivated by making space to feel those feelings, Mm -hmm. like feel the disappointment, feel the loss, and then being curious about what is the lesson? How can I make the most of it? What did I learn? Um, Have I seen something new in myself or in my surroundings or in a client? Mm -hmm. Um, How have I grown? I think digging into that curiosity over dwelling in that oh, look at what happened to me. Mm -hmm. It's just an incredibly powerful mindset. Totally. I mean, that's basically the definition of having a growth mindset. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Like, that's like the core of that definition. I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of necessary if you're an entrepreneur, I think. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Awesome. Do you have a favorite book or person that has inspired you the most? It could be more than one. (laughs) I'm glad you said that. Um, Yeah, it's really hard for me to pick a favorite. Uh, um, I think, well, I think if I think back to when I was young, um, like I mentioned, I was reading some really interesting things that I got via an aunt. And like I read um, uh, the Conversations with God books. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're um, familiar with those. I've heard of them for sure. But they... I mean, there were a series of books where a man was kind of narrating these conversations he was having with this God or spirit. And I think what I 
I, I think the thing that I took away was this notion that, um, that souls are here to experience earth. I mean, I don't, there's so there's much more to it, but I think that notion of, it, it laid a foundation for me that made me think that everybody is here for their own unique reason. Mm. And because I had that thought, I, I just feel like I approach what's happening to me or what I see other people's journeys being as exactly the right thing. It's, it's unfolding exactly as it was supposed to. Um, so I don't know. That's something that I just feel like is kind of core to who I am. And I think that it came from those books that I read when I was maybe 11 or 12. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, you know, as a theater person, I was very enchanted with a theater artist named Robert Wilson. And one of the things that I really loved about him is that he was experimenting with theater, experimenting with visuals and light and pace specifically, uh, in these, these performing performances, performing arts. And he has a very unique look and feel to his work. But one of the things that brought him to that pace and like quality of movement was experiments that he would do with um, severely autistic children that he worked with like very early in his career. And he realized he could really relate to the children that he was working with because he felt very overwhelmed by the speed of life. Hmm. Uh, And he felt like that maybe that was part of their experience was feeling overwhelmed by by just the intensity of any, of any one thing. Mm. And so he would kind of play, like create different sculptures for um, the children to play on that would help them kind of move their bodies in different ways. And he would put on very slow music and, and work with them on, in very particular movement um, and very light rhythmic sort of touch that ended up being really healing for these kids. So there's something about that, that experimentation and curiosity about somebody else's experience Mm -hmm. being translated into art. That is just really exciting to me. Um, And we're both Libras. (laughs) (laughs) We have almost the same birthday, but he's a really, really amazing artist. And I think, always bringing that curiosity to, to any person that that is encountered. I think that that's something that's pretty important to me. And then, as you know, I'm a student of Andrea Nakayama, mm-hmm. which I think that I've mentioned on the podcast before. And I just, Andrea is just an amazing woman. She's the founder of the Functional Nutrition Alliance, and she's educated many folks in the, the art and science of the functional practice. Um, so she's a, a huge inspiration to me and a mentor. 
So yeah, I mean, those are some. Uh, those are some. Yeah, I could probably no, keep going, some. but <laughs> the, the when you were talking about um, Robert Wilson, uh, it mm-hmm. just reminded me like the way that you were describing that just reminded me back to what you were saying about really being present and listening and like. Um, yeah, I guess just being really open to the person sitting in front of you or across the phone or whoever you're working with, like the clients that you're working with, because mm-hmm. I think so many times we're just as people, we're just sort of trained to judge on this, that or whatever. And having that childlike curiosity really puts you yeah. in that space of like true listening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think even like, where am I in this person? Mm-hmm. Sort of a question. Yes. Like, yes. Oh, it's interesting this person is here um, and they're working on that, huh? I kind of, I could work on that. Like, let's work on that together. Let's get curious and dig in and figure out what's really going on. Yes. Love it. (laughs) Love it, love it, love it. (laughs) Um, Okay. So what is the most terrifying, risky, or profound decision you've had to make in regards to your business? Hmm. Well, I did have, I was pretty focused in a career as a user experience designer in technology. Um, For a while, I was doing some health coaching on the side, but a few years ago, I just took the plunge. I was in a design job that I wasn't that excited about, and I quit. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I'm just gonna figure out this whole having a small business thing. (laughs) Um, and that was scary and it was a really hard time. Um, mostly, I mean, I did not have a very good plan. Um, but I learned so, I mean, I can't even quantify the things that were learned in taking that leap. Um, I mean, about myself, about business, about networking, about working with others, um, about being seen and being heard, like all of all the stuff that could come up was coming up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, that vulnerability. That <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. It was very vulnerable. Very vulnerable. Um, so I, I would have to I feel like that was it. I mean, so kind of the the moment of beginning of kind of committing maybe that was it I quit the one thing and and was saying I commit to this yeah yeah. and that was scary totally and so many people I think that I mean that's an incredibly brave decision and like you know the fact that you follow through with that is like so awesome and probably so healing to you in ways that maybe you're not even aware of at this point in your life, you know, but there's yeah. so many people out there who just go through the day to day, just at jobs that suck the life out of them. Mm. And they wonder why, you know, they're depressed and they feel like crap and they don't have any energy and they have brain fog and, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah, totally. That's good job. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> huge. Awesome. Um, has your health ever come between you and your business? Yeah, I think that um, – so I have um, an autoimmune – a thyroid – Hashimoto's, mm-hmm. a condition of the thyroid, autoimmune condition, and um, I don't think I knew it at the time – 
though now it's so interesting to to look back once you have more knowledge about health and nutrition and and everything to look back and be like oh that's what was going on there um <laughs> But I definitely had a period of just such low energy and um, brain fog, you know, all of the the symptoms that are associated with Hashimoto's brain fog and then sometimes weird little bursts of anxiety. And this was when I was living in New York. And I think at some point I kind of heard my body I don't know if I was conscious of this fully, but I think I sort of heard my body say, you need to not live here anymore. Mm. Um, it was, it was, I, there's so many things that I liked about living there, but it is more stressful. It is more stressful on the body. And, um, I think my, my thyroid was like, you gotta leave. (laughs) (laughs) You have to go somewhere a little more chill. Um, And so, I mean, I don't know if this necessarily got in the way of my business, but it definitely changed my priorities and moved me (laughs) from one location to another. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think did really make me prioritize taking care of myself and slowing down and saying no and resting when maybe an older version of myself would have pushed it and gone out or stayed out all night or did an all nighter to finish a project or whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I got to a point where I realized I just cannot do that anymore. It's not worth it. Um, in the moment and it's certainly not worth it in the long term. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I had to make some shifts that now just seem like no brainers, but I think at the time it was, it was tough. Heck yeah, totally. Yeah. That's why I think a lot of times we don't want to listen. So we don't, we don't listen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think I resisted for a little while, but did I, I'm not, typically somebody who feels anxious but did start to have sort of weird like uh, visions I guess of how populated it, I don't know like kind of weird panic attack would be too strong of a word but like huh there's probably 800 people that live on my block that's weird <laughs> that's scary you know and yeah. I would just kind of have these weird little thoughts that I could feel my body react to totally and I thought huh I think these are messages (laughs) (laughs) that this isn't exactly the lifestyle I I want right now yeah yeah (laughs) so I mean listening is a great great act of self-care my next question was do you know do you have any you know self-care practices to help you recharge and if so what is your non-negotiable hmm well, meditation, I'm, I'm a big fan of, um, meditation and breathing, I think movement, like putting your body like, and when I say movement, that could be a walk, that could be a dance, that could be anything where you're just in motion. I just feel like being in motion can make a huge impact on changing whatever is happening in the moment. Um, so yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like those are my 
my non-negotiables and great music. I love mm. music. Music is also a big uh, game changer when it comes to shifting up a mood. Oh yeah, just listening yeah. or playing music. Mm. I wish I was an amazing musician, but I'm talking <laughs> about listening. I think I think people who make music are geniuses. Mm. Like I just. Like I love music, I love rhythm, but I when I try to think about writing it or I mean it's just a whole new language. Mm-hmm. I'm just in awe of it. But really I think meditation and breathing are are huge and non-negotiables. I do them every day. Um even if it's kind of less formal, like you know, maybe it's not a full on meditation session of silence and, you know, 30 minutes of my own time and deep breathing, but it might just be three minutes where I'm still and quiet and doing deep belly breaths. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like like stillness in general is something that's just really lacking right now in this day and age and taking some time to be untethered from a to-do list or the media or social media or other people's expectations or just screens in general, I think is a must for really anybody. It feels to me like a non-negotiable for being human right now. Yeah, I would totally (laughs) agree. (laughs) Awesome. Um, okay, so what entrepreneurial tricks or hacks have you discovered to help keep you focused and productive during your busy schedule? Well, I guess I'll say that meditation and breathing again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love, there's some silly little quote or meme, I don't know what it is, but something like, if you don't have time for 20 minutes of meditation, then you need two hours or something <laughs> something like that. Yeah, I've seen something like that for sure. Because <laughs> I do think, you know, that time spent is really well invested in the ability to be clear and in touch with what what's really happening in my mind and in my heart. Um, but I also love to try to batch my activities mm in accordance with my cycle and with the cycle of the moon and the seasons. So, I mean, I have this calendar that has all these different codes and symbols and colors on it. Ooh, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) And it just kind of helps me to make a plan that feels strategic. It feels like I'm, I'm working with with what is, what's really going on. Um, so that's, a f- I mean, I think it's a hack. I think oh, it's yeah. fun to play with. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think hacks are like necessarily the same for everybody. I think it's like mm-hmm. finding, finding your rhythm and, you know, creating your own hack, which is kind of that experimentation <laughs> as well. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, it's for sure an experiment that I feel like I'm always kind of experimenting on myself mm-hmm. so that I could experiment 
I could share that experiment with others. Yep. <laughs> I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure most of us practitioners are in that boat. Uh, it's fun. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, what are, uh, you know, three or so of your favorite blogs or podcasts <laughs> that you can't imagine your day without and why? Mm. Well, um, so I'll just bring up the meditation bit again because I – Oftentimes I'm listening to guided meditations or at least some part of my practice is a guided meditation and I listen to those on Insight Timer. Um, And then one of my favorites is Sarah Blondin, who we had on the podcast last month. Mm -hmm. Uh, I very, I want to say daily, pretty close. I listen to something from her or, or at least somebody on insight timer. Um, and that, I mean, I think that really is just kind of like good brain food. Like even if I'm not super entrenched in like, Ooh, this is my meditation practice. Like sometimes I'll even listen when I'm driving. I think it's just kind of dropping those good, good little nourishing nuggets into my brain. Oh Yeah. So that's a non-negotiable. Um, I'm a big, like from a business perspective, I'm a big Marie Forleo fan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love, I just, she puts out great interviews and podcasts and tools that I think are really practical to use as a business owner, especially somebody who's trying to conduct business in a really kind, heart-centered sort of way. Totally. Like, yeah, I mean, she, I feel like Marie is changing the game of what business looks like in the world. I, I hope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the absolutely. way that it's done, the way that it gives back, um, the way that those in business take care of themselves and others. I think she's a really amazing voice. I also really like the being boss podcast. Mm. Um, there are two creative entrepreneurs that tend to interview folks and I just think they, their interviews are fun. Um, and they talk to all different types of folks in all different types of businesses. So it's great to hear other perspectives. And then I just love the on being podcast with Krista Tippett. Um, she tends to have, interviews about spirituality and contemplative practice. And I always find something that touches me in in any one of the podcasts that she shares. So that's one that I probably listen to once a week. I'm a big podcast fan. Love them. Me (laughs) too. I always have to like curate my list because I get so like my library gets way too big. (laughs) Ah, where do I start? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I'm a super big fan. Awesome. Um, if you had a little magic in your pocket, what is the one mm-hmm. thing you would change in the world? I love this question. I love any question that has like magic, <laughs> magic wand. Any like, I just love stuff like that. Um, I mean, I would just, I would love to see a more holistic connection to the earth and to each other and to our bodies. Um, I think seeing ourselves as part of a like p- 
part of a very lovely ecosystem, which includes all of those things, plants, animals, earth, air, wind, fire, all of that. Like we, we are those things rather than considering ourselves outside of it or worse, like in control of it Mm. could be so healing. And I think by picking environmental systems apart, we've lost a very deep spiritual connection that I think people are aching for and they might not really know what it is, but I think that reconnecting to our bodies and reconnecting to the earth and reconnecting as, as part of humankind. Uh, I don't know. I just think it could have a profound impact. And the fact that there is a strong sense of disconnection is reflected in the current state of our health and happiness. Absolutely. That constant need for filling the void or, you know, indulging in this, that, or whatever that like can be harmful to our body. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, we've definitely covered a lot of those things throughout Mm -hmm. the past several weeks for sure. But I totally agree with you that that reconnection is really key. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and balancing out areas that have maybe gotten a little out of control. I mean, I, I think a lot about as somebody with an autoimmune condition and there are many people in my life that also have autoimmune conditions or cancers. I mean, I, I just personally see a connection between that manifestation in our body and then the way that the planet's being treated, Mm -hmm. like host earth as host being attacked um, by organisms living on host. So Mm -hmm. when we start to see these things happening in our body, I, I see that as, Oh, well, the ecosystem is just respond. Like we're all, we're all a part of it. We're all experiencing the imbalance that, that is occurring. Totally. (sighs) Yeah. We need to become healthy probiotics and we need to (laughs) decrease the amount of pathogens. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, What is your current project or passion? Currently, I am... Well, it's one of the things that I do is do a chakra dinner, um, which is a seven-course sensory feast Mm. (laughs) that explores each of the chakras via meditation and scent and sound and touch and food. And um, it's a really lovely event. And I'm wanting to expand it into a fuller experience. So that's happening right now. I'm not, that's all I can really say. I'm like in the depths of the beginnings of whatever that is becoming. But something that involves all of those things, health, wellness, nutrition, food, meditation, lifestyle practices, maybe anchored by the chakras. Mm, All the good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And then I do teach about digestive health. Um, I have a 
course on eating for a healthy gut. I think the a healthy gut is the foundation for all of the healing that can happen in a body. I know you feel that way too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then I do teach around cooking, just helping people get in the kitchen, get cooking, um, learning about food, experimenting with how food feels in their body and that kind of a thing. So yeah, I feel like I've always got a little something up my sleeve that I'm working away at. <laughs> oh, are you an entrepreneur? <laughs> oh, funny you should ask. <laughs> oh, I get it. <laughs> I know you do. Um, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you want to share with our audience? Hmm, I don't think so. This awesome. has been really fun. Yippee! So how can yeah. our listeners find you? So at denisepasconelli.com that's sort of where I host my practice seed health and wellness and then I'm mostly active on Instagram and what is my handle at seed Denise Pasconelli so I think we'll probably yeah we'll link to it in the show notes for for spelling (laughs) right right okay yeah Yeah. so that's that's primarily where I'm at and then I get to do this really amazing podcast with Dr. Okay. Michelle called Females in Five Petal. So I'm Heck here too. Yeah. Woohoo. <laughs> that was awesome. Well, thank you so much for showing up and, you know, telling us all about you. I love that we get to create a stronger connection with you. And now our listeners can kind of get to know you a lot better and know who the lady is behind the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. All right, friends. So I hope you loved meeting Denise and are excited to learn more about her current and upcoming projects and passions. We can't wait to meet you back here next week in episode 46. We've put together some of your best questions around food, nutrition, and balance, and we have answers. So be sure to tune in. Until then, have a great rest of your week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Females and Fine Fettle from Wiped Out to Wealthy, a podcast to fit your lifestyle. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review at femalesandfinefettle.com. If you have questions or topic ideas for upcoming episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Please be sure to tune in next week.